we want to welcome uh, everyone that's here. And, and, and let me start out by saying something that is very important. You guys are loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're loved by Shauna and I very much. And I want to give a big, big shout out to, um, to the leadership here at Living Word. Just for them uh, taking the reins in their hands and just leading like, like God would have them lead. And, and just to see how good everybody is doing is a testimony to what the Lord does through the Living Word Chapel leadership. So big hand for Pastor Mike and Ruth and our elders, our elders and, and everyone that, uh, that, that leads here. Um, God is so good. One of the things that happens when you're away for a little bit is uh, you really appreciate what you have. Amen? In fact, sometimes we don't know what we have until we don't have it anymore. And then you're like, uh, I wish I had this back. Or I wish I could do this with them again. Um, and that's the case with, with our sabbatical. You know, it was a very much needed time away where we were able to, uh, to separate ourselves from uh, the, the kind of the daily grind, as we may call it, of, of ministry. And, and, and uh, we're all ministers. You know that, right? Every person that is sitting here is, if you're a, a follower of Christ, you are a minister. You're serving someone. Amen. You, you're, you're the hands and the feet of Jesus to someone, and, and you make the world a better place. And, and so as I got ready to go on this trip, um, I mean on this, on this sabbatical, because there was many trips involved, and throughout the, the course of uh, you know, the next couple months, I'll be maybe inserting some of the things that happened. There's no way that in one service I could talk about what happened in six weeks, because so many things did happen. Um, but I'll be kind of inserting in my messages uh, what, you know, what the Lord did in, in us. Because uh, I think that's important uh, for, for the congregation to know. Uh, you know, as I was going to my alone time, so we did some family time, we did some Shauna and, and myself time. Uh, that was wonderful. And we did some, we did some uh, I did some alone time as well. Um, and in that alone time, someone said to me, you know, pastor, when you, when you go uh, and you get alone, you know, we want to hear the vision that God has for the church. And, and so I, I kind of processed that, uh, that comment, that statement, very, very important statement. And I, I really uh, just kind of let, did some introspect, right? And, and, and here's what I, the conclusion that I came with is the vision that God has for the church is right here. It's for us to go and make disciples, for us to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and for us to teach them everything that Jesus taught the apostles. And it's all written in Scripture. Amen? Amen. But this is what the Lord did in me, in my alone time, and I'll expand on it, and some of the things I'll keep them because it was me and him, uh, but there were three things that happened in my alone time, and, and, and the first, first thing is I went up to, of all places, Silver City, New Mexico. I went to Silver City, and, and there were three things that, so anyone with Silver City roots, just raise your hand. 
It's, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. So anyways, as I went there, there were three things that the Lord, uh, you know, impressed that he was going to do in me. And the first thing, I, I had to face a fear. Where God wants to take me, I cannot fear this thing that was in my life. And all of us have fears. Because we're people. Amen. We all have things that we, we struggle with. And so I had this, this, this fear that would uh, actually, uh, it would um, paralyze me at different times. In fact, when I was going, going to get ready to service city, because I knew I had to face that fear. I told my wife, I, I don't think I'm going to go. That's how, that's, how, that's how paralyzing it can be. And, 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 and so I, him, me and the Lord. And so I, I went there. The second thing that, that the Lord did as I was going to spend time with him is I had to confess a sin. And I know that you guys don't struggle with sin, but me in second service, we struggle with it. We're pretty bad. And, and, uh, uh, but the reality is I had, you know, I had something in my life that could drive a wedge between me and the Father and, and, and Jesus, who is our atonement, who is our perfect sacrifice, who is our propitiation for, for cleansies, uh, cleansing us of all unrighteousness. He wants the best for me. And I could never be the excellent person because there's excellence in every person alive. We're all born with the image of God. That's a huge statement, beloved. And because you're born with the image of God, there is something great in you and in me. But I can never reach that great capacity with sin in my life. See, grace is about God loving me despite me being a sinner but grace also leads me to walk away from sin. It, it, it empowers me to walk away from the things that would try to stifle me. And so there were some things that I, there was some business that had to be done with the father. And that was a beautiful thing. And, and as I, as I dealt with that, it, it was, it was very, very important. It was very, very good and very cleansing for me because I know this, that I will be a better follower of Christ as I remove the things that the devil tries to place on me. And the third thing that, that, I, that, that the Lord impressed on me is I, I read a book in the, those two or three days that I was there, three days, and as I read this book that's called Find Your People, uh, and uh, it's a wonderful book about having the right people around you. And, and let me ask you a question. Do you have the right people around you? Do you have people in your life that are encouragers, that are going to, they're gonna go through walls with you to, for you to, to reach your full potential in Christ? Do you have someone in you that's going to call you on the carpet when you need to be called out on the carpet? Do you have people that are going to uh, 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 keep you accountable? You have people that are going to, you know, uh, uh, just be the right thing for the right moment. And, and, and usually we need three to five people in our lives. I'm talking about your, your intimate circle because we have there's a lot of people that I talk to. There's a lot of people that I call my friends. But there are few people that speak into my life. Amen? They speak into my life. And those, those people I trust. And so in this time, I, I, I had to calculate, do I have the right people in my life? And Lord God, I pray that you will bring the people in my life that I need for this next season. I'm 55. A young 55, by the way. In 10 years, I'll be 65. 
And then 10 years from that, I'll be 75. I thought about this because, you know, I, 24 years of ministry, we got our first sabbatical. So I, I told Shauna, that's awesome. Our next sabbatical after 24 years will be 80, babe. <laughs> but I think I want to do, make this an annual thing. In my time with the Lord, I read through the, the Gospel of John. I love John. We're in John. And one of the things that I love about John, what he reveals about Jesus, is he answers the essential questions of life. Did you know that? If you have questions, and because you have questions, you've got to hear the words of Jesus to get the answer. Remember that in the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God, the word being Jesus. And everything that was made was made through him. And Colossians tells us that it was made for him. And everything that has been is for his purpose. And we all have these questions that, that we deal with. For example, uh, John answers the question of, uh, why do bad things happen? You ever had someone ask that question to you? If God is so good, why do bad things happen? Why is there so much hurt? Jesus answers that question. He, he answers the question of what is truth? We need truth in our life. Jesus answers that question. He, he answers the question of what's my purpose in life? Because let me tell you, if you're a purposeless person, it's very difficult getting up in the morning. If you're a purpose fool, and I'm pretty fool, after six weeks, if you're a purposeful person, you get up in the morning with what? Purpose. We'll see that. As we go through it, we're going to see the essential uh, questions of life being answered. And then today we're going to answer this question. Am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? with all the things that are going on around me, with, with my dad doing what he's doing, with, with my mom doing what she's doing, with, with my peers doing what they're doing, with all these things falling apart, am I going to be okay? Anyone in here have a 401k uh, investment plan? I'm going somewhere with it. Anyone, just raise your hand if you do. It's okay if you do. I want to be your friend, by the way, if you do. Because <laughs> you're smarter than some, right? For, for, for those that are, that are uh, nonprofit, it's a 403B, right? Why, why do we do that? Why, why do we invest into the future? Think about it. Why do we do that? Because we want to be okay. Why, why, do, why do people get uh, jobs? Anyone in here ever worked? Why do, we, why do we get jobs with, with insurance? Thank you, brother. Because we want to be 
okay. See, we want to be okay. But have you ever have you found out that everything in this life except Jesus Christ can fail you sometimes? Have you noticed in this life that there are storms that we go through that, that really, really cause us to seek out the Almighty? Sean and I, were, were the last week that we were on sabbatical, we drove to, to Pine Top, Lakeside, and uh, we were leaving on Wednesday. Uh, thank you, J.D. McCain. Thank you for the blessing, brother. Um, and we were driving on Wednesday to, to, uh, to Sholo, and we got to Globe, and these, these clouds, just dark, dark clouds, uh, just showed up. And as we turned on 60 going up, climbing to Sholo, uh, right out of Globe, we hit this storm. And this storm, the, the, the wind, you, you know when rain is really, really bad, when the rain is not coming down, is going sideways. And I, it's the first time I told Shauna this. It's the first time I, I cannot see five foot in front of me. I can't see. And it would, it would go in spurts. And we got to the fairgrounds there in Globe. And, and so we turned into the fairgrounds. And I turned and got in there. And, 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 and there's people that are coming right around us. They see, because people look for lights, right? So you don't, you don't park on the road because they're looking at lights. When they can't see anything else, they can see lights a lot better. So they're saying, there's the, that's where we're supposed to be. Let's keep going. Follow them. Boom, right? So we got off on the side, and, and we ended up staying there for about 45 minutes. And, and as we as we there, there for 45 minutes, here's the question that I was asking. My, the question I was asking was, am I going to be okay? And I told Shauna, you know what? With the way that the rain's coming down, the waters are coming down, there's probably going to be some rock slides that are going to come down, and we may damage our car if we press forward. Let's stay in globe. We made the best of it in Globe. Globe, the streets were just flooded. The trees were knocked down. It was just a really bad storm. And everyone was asking, are we going to be okay? And you may be in here, you may be watching online, and you may be asking, am I going to be okay? And that's exactly where we're going today in Scripture. Where Jesus shows his disciples that they will be okay if he's in proximity. Hear me now. When God is in proximity, you're in good hands. Now, Jesus had just fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He had done a work. They, they wanted to make him king they wanted to crown him with their own intentions, with their own agenda. When he fed the 5,000, this is just what, what happened. Jesus did not let that happen because he knew people. And we're going to see this as we're going through, through, through the narrative of John. We're going to see how important it is for us to understand that. That people will sometimes love us. And weeks later, they say this, I don't love you anymore. And they did that to Jesus. He's perfect. 
That's another sermon, though, but it's so important for us to understand. So he goes and he, and he spends some time alone. He slipped away. If you, if you have your Bible, chapter 6, verse uh, 15. If you got your Bible, and if you don't, I'll read. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by who? By himself. He had a sabbatical. He, he teaches us the importance of, of getting alone with, with the Father. And then, and then we're going to the narrative today, which is going to speak to us about, are we going to be okay? Verse 16. This is, this is, it's in your outline. It's in your Bibles. It's on the, on the, on the, on the uh, screens. That evening, okay, remember, that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. That's important, amen? We should be waiting on Christ. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. And you know that someone must have said, hey guys, Jesus isn't coming, let's just go. That's the thing about waiting on God's time. Sometimes we say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and move forward. Let's just go ahead and, and, and go. Sometimes we have our own agenda. Amen? Sometimes we have our own time schedule. Verse 18. Soon a gale or a storm swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. Say rough with me. Rough. 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 And they had rolled three or four miles. And let's just pause right there because I could say, say Mike Sloan and myself, Mike West, and maybe Chuck, and maybe Dave Kachi, and, and uh, you know, Dan Rykowski, who were in this boat and we're hitting this storm. And I know that Mike, I know that Dave Kachi would say, Why didn't you just wait? Why, why, couldn't you, why couldn't you just wait, right? You know, if Dwayne Adams was with us, Dwayne would say, hey, guys, you tontos, man. Why didn't you just wait? But they're in it now, right? They're in it, and they're roaring, and the storm is there, and all this craziness. And, and, and you know something's going on. There's, there's not, like, no talking going on, right? And so they're in this, this very rough sea, and, and they had rolled three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. And they were terrified. That helps us. Because there are times in our life when we're terrified. You think Jesus had an idea that there might be a storm coming? Just saying, Jesus. He knew what people were thinking, right? He, he told Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to, to deny me. So he might have had an idea that the storm was going to come. He might have had an idea, little father, I'm going to spend some more time with you because these, these uh, not, Jesus would never say this, these knuckleheads are going to go ahead of us. 
And they're going to get in the boat and they're going to start, you know, rowing three miles out. And then the storm's going to come upon them and they're going to be terrified. They're going to be scared to death. But there's a power here. The power is that sometimes people, followers of God, have to face their fears. Sometimes people need to really understand proximity. How many of you understand proximity? How many of you know, you know it, that God never leaves us or forsakes us? How many of us live it? And this is important for us because this is not for a grade. It's not like you're better or worse than someone. It's just that in this relationship we have with our Father in heaven and God the Son and, and, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that he's always taking us one step further in our trust of him. One step further. That's exactly what's going on with the disciples. He's taking them one row further to their trust in him. And so they were terrified, but he called out to them and he said, do not be afraid. I am here. You see the proximity right there? I am here. Don't be afraid. I'm here. It goes on and says, then they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. I put together. Um, I put together three reminders. I think we need reminders that assure they assure me. I, I pray they're going to assure you that I'm going to be okay. Here's the first reminder. He's near. He's near. You know, even when I don't know where God is, he always knows where I'm at. E even when I'm saying, Lord, where are you? Look, don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you see the, the, the things that are, my family are going through? Lord, don't you see the things that are happening in the church? Lord God, don't you see all this? Even when I don't see God, he sees me. And these disciples, they didn't see Jesus, but Jesus saw them. And who we have in our proximity matters. The people that you have in your ear, the people that you're listening to, the people that you're talking to will shape your life. Jesus was the single most important person in the disciples' lives. Jesus is the single most important person in your life. 
Jesus Christ is the single most important person in my life. And I've got to understand proximity, beloved. I've got to understand that no matter how I feel, God is near. No matter when I feel alone, no matter when I feel abandoned, no matter when I feel that that nobody really listens, nobody really cares, He's here. He's near. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore. They went to wait for him. But as darkness fell and, and, and fell, and Jesus still hadn't come back, I, I, I can just pick that, pick that up and just let that speak to my life, speak to my heart about proximity. God is near. It speaks to my life about timing. Someone right before the service talked to me about Pastor Jack speaking into her life and and, and the messages that Pastor Jack spoke. Let me just tell you, it doesn't matter who stands behind the pulpit. What matters is, are they preaching the word of truth? And so Pastor Jack, who I love with all my heart, spoke about, uh, you know, the, the word on words and how important our words are. And this person said, I, had, I hadn't heard, I hadn't, I hadn't realized these things that, were, that, were, that had me bound. And, and it all had to do with words. And, and he spoke this word into my life. And it completely changed my life. The reason for that is because it's not Pastor Jack. It's the proximity of Christ. It said God is always near and God is always wanting to speak into our lives. God wants you to deal with the things that need to be dealt with. That could be a fear. That could be a, a sin. Or that could be having the wrong people in your life and the proximity of those people being in your life or shaping you into a person that's either Christ-like or looks nothing like Jesus. And we're called to look like Christ. And the more you hang out with Christ, the more you look like Christ. And the more you hang out with the world, the more you look like the world. You're shaped by the world. You live like the world. You do the things that the world does. And maybe Jesus waited because he wanted his disciples to know what life is like without him. Maybe Jesus waits in our moments, in our seasons of life, because he wants us to realize what life is like without him. Because Jesus was coming. There are times in in my life, beloved, there were times in 2020 There were times in 2021 when I said, God, where are you? I didn't say it to you guys. I said, Lord, where are you? Look at what's going on. There there, There are times that we need to learn proximity. We need to we need to learn. 
that when we are crying out to God, he's always near. The, the psalmist in Psalm 145 put it like this, verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To, to all who call on, on him in truth, he, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. What he's talking about is that, that God is always looking and listening to those people that are going to cry out to him. Hear me now, beloved, whether you're young, older, or whatever age you are, whatever season of life that you're in, you need to know that if you call on the name of the Lord, he will save you. If you call on the name of Jesus Christ, he's listening, but he listens to honesty. Lord, I don't have it all together. In fact, Lord, I am pretty messed up. And Lord, I put on this mask and I speak in front of people and I, Lord, I say, you know, everything's good. And, but Lord, you know me. You know my struggles. You know my fears, Lord. And that fear, that threshold. I know, Lord, if, if I don't cross that threshold, I will never become the man that you've called me to be. I will never be who you call me to be with fear in my life. I will never be the man that you call me to be, Lord, if I have sin in my life. Even when people think, look at him. Even when people put on social media, oh, you're so amazing. Oh, you're so great. And we love that. We love that. We love that. And the Lord looks at us and says, really? <laughs> really? Because I see you in those dark places. I see you when no one's around. Because I'm near. I'm near. You know, we were singing this song. That's the last song before we, 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 um, before we went to that beautiful hymn. Cheryl, what, what's the chorus right there real quick? I will do... I will make room for you. Help me. Amen. Thank you. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. That's an easy song. That's a, that's a wonderful song to sing. It's a more difficult life to live. I will make room for you, Lord. I, I, will, take, I will take everything out of my life. Everything. Everything out of my life. That's going to, that's going to be a cause a wedge between us. And he's near. He's near. The second, the second thing that tells us that we're going to be okay is not only is he near, but he's here. He's here. It's powerful. We were praying, our elders were praying 
the ones that are here right now, Mike, and the both Mikes, the M&Ms were with, with us. <laughs> so we were praying and, and, and we were just talking about the presence of God. And without the presence of God, we're nothing. Amen? If God's not in this place, if God's not in us, we're nothing. But because he is with us, we're everything. And Jesus made a promise. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am, I am there. Do you understand that the God of creation, you know, this, this new telescope that they just designed and they launched it while I was on sabbatical. What's the name of the telescope? If you guys are, are, are scientifically savvy, that, De, well, Dell, right? Webb, Webb, the Webb telescope. The Webb Telescope, they just designed it. They put millions, I think, or maybe billions into it, right? And, and how many light years can you see into, into space? Millions. I will be hearing your responses too, those of you that are online, but I can't hear you right now, but if I'm talking to the ones that are here. But millions of light years, and it, it, it shows millions and millions and millions of galaxies. It shows it to us. That God dwells in us. That God is here in your life. That God helps you to face the fears that you have. That God is worth giving up any sin that is trying to come between you and him. That God wants you to have the right people in your life. That God wants for you to speak blessings into people's life and to make them better. That God. Something so special happened as we read the narrative of Scripture. Everywhere that Jesus went, everywhere that Jesus was at, great things happened. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were dear friends of Jesus. Lazarus died. We're going to read it as we go through John. And, and, and Martha says this to Jesus. She said, uh, Lord, if, if only you had been where? You had been here. My brother would not have died. And Jesus said, Martha, I'm here. And he cried some tears. I love him too. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus in his grave clothes, he went like this. He got up out of bed. Help hold me out. Come here. Take all these clothes off. <laughs> I go. You know what's crazy about this script, about this passage? If you guys haven't already figured it out, do you notice that John doesn't mention, or let's put it this way, the Holy Spirit doesn't mention anything about Peter walking on the water? You notice that? Do, do, do you think that possibly that, that, that sometimes we need to take the focus off of our faith and put it on the faithfulness of Jesus? Hear me now. We hear people preach, oh, Peter walked on water and, and Peter took his eyes off of the, he took his eyes off, off of Jesus and he, uh, I got to get my water because I'm thirsty. Uh, Jesus took his eyes off of Jesus 
I mean, um, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and then he sunk in the water. And the whole focus becomes Peter. And the whole focus becomes you. If you have enough faith, you can move mountains. If you have enough faith, you can do this. Can you notice that the Apostle John, as the Holy Spirit has, is inspiring him to write, he says nothing. Because somehow, some way, he wants for you to understand that when you're faithless, God is still faithful. When my faith is depleted, the handiwork of God is still available to me. When we think we can't go one step further, God says, I got you. When we think we cannot do one more thing, God says, I'm with you. When you think, I can't, I've had enough, the Holy Spirit says, I will provide what you need. And I will be there. He's near. He's here. And the third thing, he makes everything clear. Did you know that? Have you ever had a, a, a day in your life where you just, everything is fuzzy? Everything, things just don't make sense. You, you're like, I, I really don't know what to do. I, I got, here, here's something that happened. I got back from sabbatical. The first day someone called me, uh, made a phone call. They called me from Minnesota. And they said, uh, it's important. I need to talk to pastor. And so I had a conversation with him. I said, what's going on? He said, well, I'm going through some difficulties. I've been kind of in and out of jail. And he said, he said, I'm fine with that because I'm dealing with things I need to be dealt with. And I, he said, but I'm calling to check on you, Pastor. How are you doing? How was your time away? I said, well, thank you so much for calling. I said, how can I pray for you? And he said, all I need is direction. I need direction. I need clarity in my life. That's powerful. Because here's what the word says. Here's what the word says about it. It's clear. They were eager to let him in the boat. And immediately they arrived at their destination. Now what was going on around them? There was a what? A, a gale. There was a storm. There were winds. There were... It, they, they were unable to, 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 to get to the place that they needed to get to. But they were eager when Jesus came and he said, I'm here. I'm here. And, and, and Jesus is speaking to someone today. He's saying, I'm here. In, in, in whatever you're fearing, in whatever you're, you're, you're dealing with, in whatever sin is, 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 has a, a, a chokehold on you, he says, I'm here. I'm going to set you free. But you've got to be eager to let him into the boat of your life. You, you've got to be eager. You've got to say, Lord, I, I've been waiting for this day. Lord, the day is here. You're speaking to me today. I want you to come in. They were eager to bring him into the boat. And they reached their destination. You will never reach your destination if Jesus is not in the boat of your life.
You will never become all that God called you to become without Jesus Christ. So here's the deal. This is crazy. This is so awesome and crazy. I'm going to close with this because I don't have much time. So Sean and I are driving up to, to Sholo. We were going we to end our sabbatical by doing a wedding in the White Mountains for a beautiful couple. So wonderful. I couldn't wait to get there. And so we were going up to, 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 we, we were going up to uh, Pine Top, and what, what, what hit us there? What hit us? A storm. The next day we get to we get to Pine Top and Lakeside, and you know what we said? We need to go golfing. <laughs> so we go to Sholo to, to the Bison Country Club there in Sholo, beautiful place. If you've never been there, we need to go. And we get there, we, we say, well, let's play nine holes. So we went there, we played nine holes. The guy said, you know what, play 13, because the 13th hole is right next to number one. Just get there. If you can make it without the rain hitting you, get there. Rain, okay. So we got, we got our, uh, our cart, driving. I was, man, I'm telling you, narrow fairways, beautiful, lush grass. The, the, I mean, just incredible pines on the sides. And I was hitting the ball, boom, far and straight. It's my story. I can say it however I want. <laughs> You should have seen me. God is near. Hit, got, to the, got to the 10th hole. We were going to hit the 10th. I said, Sean, look at those clouds. It's bad, babe. I said, let's just go. Got to the 11th hole. And this rain started coming down. Hard. Again, I couldn't see five foot in front of me. So we park under this tree. I know, but that's all there is, is trees. Don't be looking at me like that. We, had, we didn't have a windshield on this cart. Everyone else did. So we're parking next to all these people that are golfing. And so I'm golfing, and I see lightning. Pam, and boom, and boom, and ding, and dang, and boom, dong, ding, dong. And so I yell at them. Hey! They said, what? I said, do you know God? They said, what? Take a beer to have their bud light. What? I said, do you know God? They didn't know what to say. I said, because with all that lightning, you may go see him pretty soon. I said, I know Jesus, bro. I know Jesus Christ and I'm fine. But if you're not, this is the time. And so we, so we get, I, I said, you know what, babe, we got to go. So we're there, and I said, I'm going to go, guys. So I took off. They start following me, and we start going. And I could not see the, the I had to go on the high ground where all the, all the mounds were, all the, you know, mounds of, you know, where you, sides of the, the fairways going through there. And this guy's following me. And he said, oh, no, my guys got stuck. My friends got stuck. And I was like, sounds like a problem, bro. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit does not leave us there. Amen. So the Holy Spirit said, turn around and go and help. We ended up going back and we ended up spending some time with them and just the Lord just did some things. But here's here's what I know for sure. So so here's what I know for sure that God made himself known because God was here. So 
We get to we get get to Sholo all wet. I mean, to to Lakeside Pine Top. JD, we we dried off before we went in there, and and so we went to the cabin and having a great time in there. And and uh, and then the next day was a wedding. And guess what we faced when we went to the wedding? Rain. The fork. It was an out. It was an outdoor wedding. Beautiful place. Eighty percent chance of rain. And raining. And we're going up the, we're going down from, from Lakeside into, guess where we went to the wedding at? Eager. They were eager to see us. And we go into eager. And as we're going down, there's a straightaway. And my wife says, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray that this rain will go around us. And we get to the wedding venue. And the rain was there sprinkling. And we parked. And the rain stopped. Mike, you were there. It was the most beautiful wedding. And as I spoke to this couple and we did the wedding vows, and there were a lot of people who might not have known Jesus I talked about how Jesus is the only way to live your life in marriage and otherwise. And God just moved mightily. He makes it clear. You know, my heart is so warm and so just full of blessings as I see Jack Jones here. For, for those of you that don't know, Jack Jones is a leader here at the church, and he's fought, he's fought cancer. Some of you are in here, you, you fought cancer too, and guess what? You're not fighting alone. In fact, you're doing less of the fighting than Jesus is. And he's making things all clear. And he's a faithful God. He's a faithful Savior. I'm going to leave you with this. If Jesus is not in your boat of your life, you will never reach your destination without and with his peace, with his grace, and with his love. So today, make that choice. Make that choice to say yes to Jesus. Don't leave here without not giving God priority in your life. And watch what he does. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had. We thank you for how good you are, Lord. We thank you that you're not done with any of us, Lord God. That you're working and you're showing us, Lord, the essential questions of life. You're answering what we need to have answered, Lord. My prayer today, Lord, is for those people that are watching online and those people that are here in person, those people that will be watching second service, that every person will grab a hold of Jesus Christ, that they'll live their lives for him and not only know that you're near, but also bring, them, bring you into their life and let you be here. And then, Lord God, we know that you'll make everything clear for the confusion 
and all the uncertainty, Lord God, I pray that you will make yourself known. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said amen. And amen, let's stand up and worship our amazing King, Jesus Christ.